Hey, welcome to Ascent, everybody. I'm Bill Stevens. I am the lead pastor here, and it is super fun to see all you guys here. Um, I especially want to welcome you guys that are new or new-ish to Ascent. Um, you, look, look, I know what it's like to try to figure out uh, how to, how to um, pick out a church. It's super hard. You come in, you go, I don't know. Is this a church that I want to invest in or not? Is this a church I want to spend some time in or not? Here's what I want you to do. If you are in that space, it's okay to be anonymous. You can come in and hopefully have a great experience here and maybe take a step closer to Jesus from, the, from, from your experience in a service, and then just go home if you want to. You can be anonymous. And sometimes when you're checking out a church, you kind of need that just to go, okay, I got it, and I'm out. And I'll go, come back again, and we'll see if I got it again. But, but there's a point where I know you're going to go, but I want to connect. I look around, I go, I want to know some of these other folks. And we know so many of you have been checking out the church over the last few months that there's a lot that are new in this or new-ish. And so here's what I need you to do. Here's what I want you to do. There's a, there's a, a, a connection center that we have just on the other side of this curtain, just against that other wall right there. Go to that place. That's where John Wolner's at. He's in charge of our, our connection with each other. He's in charge of, our, of helping us to grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus. And so we want, we want you to go to, to, to John. He'll have some people over there that will help you to connect. It doesn't matter if you've been here, this is your first week, or if you've been here for a year. He's not going to look at you and say, you've been here for a year and now you're coming to the new here center? No, that, don't worry. He's not going to ask that. But if you want to connect, he'll tell you about Bible studies you can get involved in. He'll tell you about, he'll tell you about circles, this, this opportunity to be able to, to have conversation around some really some controversial at times subjects, some subjects around the church, he, he, that we can sit in circles and talk about that. He'll connect you to, uh, to vintage. If you're an older person and want to connect with some other people that are older, connect with vintage. He'll connect you with men's studies. He'll connect you with, connect you with women's studies. He'll connect you with a, a women's retreat that's coming up pretty soon. He'll connect you with whatever or hap- what's, what's happening in the church. He'll even talk to you about places that you can um, serve because when we serve... We actually connect with each other. So you can go down to the children's and serve down there and then connect with all the great people that are also serving in children's ministry or with Jackie, with my wife in the hospitality. And, and, and you can connect over back in the, behind the counter right there with other people. We want you guys to get to know each other. We want to give you opportunities to do that. So if you're finding yourself in this space and you're going, I wish I knew somebody else, help, let us help you to make that happen. Don't just leave in, in six months and go, yeah, I tried it, but I never got to know anybody. You know, let us help you to take that next step, okay? Well, again, if you're new, let me tell you a little bit more. You, you, Maurice just talked about the Christmas shop. You are invited to help us with that. I know some of you guys, you, you, you started coming sometime in this last year, and you haven't seen the Christmas shop yet. It is, the, it is the, our favorite thing that we do in the whole year, and it started with 20 families and 60 kids, and now it's 700 families and 2,000 kids, and, and so it is an all-hands-on-deck thing that we all get together. You get to Walmart, you fill up a bag, you bring it back over here. Man, we need all of the help we can get to make this happen. I love it that this year, Kaylee, with our, with our kids, she's having the kids bring in just quarters and dollars from their piggy bank. And she's going, let's collect like a hundred bucks and we'll go buy a couple of scooters for the Christmas shop. That's what the plan is with children's ministry. And you go, well, that's just two gifts out of the 7,000 that we need. But man, 
if those kids get a chance to step, lean further into what we're trying to do and they see life outside of just themselves, man, that's, we're succeeding there too. And they walk by that Christmas shop. I want them to feel an ownership in what's happening there. And so I love what they're doing with there. I, I heard the middle schoolers, when they get that announcement and, and you guys are back there at altitude and, and you get the announcement saying, hey, you can help on, on those dates of the Christmas shop. I love hearing the stories of them saying, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I went to school and I invited a couple of friends to join me to, to make it happen. You guys, that's what's happening with this thing. So we're fired up about it, all right? Today, you, you know, you, we've, we've worshiped God through music. We believe that we want to connect our souls, our hearts to God. And that's a great way to do that. You're going to hear a talk from me today. Um, we call it a talk. You might call it a sermon. Don't call it a homily. Uh, that's what we used to call it in the Catholic church growing up. And I'm not a priest and I don't wear the little collar. So don't call it a homily. Let's just call it a talk. We're going to hear that. And then after that, what's going to happen is we're going to do something that we do about every six weeks around here. We're going to take communion. Now, some of you have not, have, don't, haven't experienced that because you haven't been around church, and so you don't know really what that is. Really, you guys, communion is taken, hopefully you all got a, a little cup, and, and there's a wafer that's in the top, and, and, and so hopefully you got one of these. If you didn't, go back to the back in the middle of my talk. That's okay. I'm not going to point you out. Look at that person that's lost, that missed their communion cup. Take, make sure you have one of these, and after my sermon today, you're going you're gonna to open this up, and you'll take that little wafer that reminds me of my Catholic days, and, and, uh, and you'll drink that juice. And what this is, is, is a chance for us to remember. Jesus said, man, my body is going to be broken for you, and my blood is going to be shed for you. I'm going to take all of that to the cross because I want to give you life. And I want to give you that life for eternity. And so I'm taking every bit of sin that has ever, that's ever been committed and ever will. I'm taking all that to the cross with me. And so when you take this, it's your chance to say, I see you. I remember you. I remember what you've done. You don't, you, you don't have to have gone through First Communion to do it. You don't have to be a member of the church to do it. It's just if you want to remember what Jesus has done, take communion when we're done with, it, with, with the talk. I'll let you know when to do that, okay? But we're going to do that today as well. But let's get into what we're talking about today. Let's, let's pray and, and, then, uh, and then we'll get in. Father, we, uh, we are so thankful for you, your presence in this place. We're thankful that you intercept us from all the things that, we, that it, it has been happening just today. Some people are coming in exhausted some frustrated, some confused, some excited, some joyful, some bracing themselves for Thanksgiving, bracing themselves for interaction with family members that they have trouble interacting with. God, we know that everyone's bringing something into the room, and we are so thankful that you meet us in the midst of that. Meet us today as we, as we step into your word. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys. So, so he, we're in the third week of a series, and we're talking about gratitude, and we're talking about giants. So here's, here's where this has come from. I, I, I started speaking a, a few weeks ago about the fact that Jesus was teaching us how to pray, and when he was teaching us how to pray, he, it was the Lord's Prayer, and he said something really powerful. He said, he said, God, your kingdom come, and he said, your will be done, and he said, and he said these words. He says, on earth as it is in heaven. And we've been spending some time on that now as a church. We've, I've talked about this a number of times on earth as it is in heaven. 
That God's not saying, let's do this on earth and, and it doesn't really matter what happens here. It's only what happens when you get to spend eternity with God. He's going, no, what, what Jesus and God have, have experienced in heaven, I need that to happen here on earth. So when I say to love your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, when God is saying that, that's going to be happening in heaven. We're going to love him with every bit of who we are. Then let's see that happen on this earth. When God is saying love your neighbor as you love yourself, it's saying, man, we got we to love our neighbor with everything we've got. And I know that we've heard that, but do we, do we see it and recognize it and live it every day? God's challenge and his command to us to unearth this thing, that we're going to live this out the way it's going to be in heaven, we're going to live it out on earth. If it's God's love, it's his peace, it's his patience, his kindness, his goodness, his faithfulness, those are the things that we're going to see. We need to live out on this earth because we're going to see it in heaven. So we've talked about that, and that's really the charge for us as a church. We want to grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus and live out what he's telling us to live out. Okay, but we know we're going to have opposition to that. And so we've been talking about that opposition. We've been calling them giants. That it's, we look back at that Old Testament story of David and Goliath, and we, and we see, we see you know, David, this kid that picks up five smooth stones, and one of those stones, he looks at the giant, and he, and he shoots, the, shoots the, the, the rock and hits him between the forehead, and the giant dies. We talk about how we're going to face giants in our life, but God's going to give us the power to be able to overcome those giants, those things that try to keep us and thwart us from unearthing this thing, okay? Now, in the midst of that, we started talking about what the greatest weapon we have against that enemy, the giants of our life. And we said the greatest weapon we've got, that rock that can hit him between the forehead, is gratitude. Now, now that's felt weak to me at first, but then I, just, I, as I've been living into this, you guys, Sometimes I will preach and I will say stuff and I'll just go, gosh, I hope they got it. And there's other times I'll preach and I'll say stuff and I'm going, God, I get it. And you just keep laying it on me. And this last month, God has been laying this one on me. I keep throwing it against the wall to see if it would stick and it keeps sticking. I'm going, wait, is gratitude truly the thing that's going to fight the giant? And so you start, so, so it's why I want to recap this. You guys might, some of you might have been here two weeks and you're going, you're, I've already heard this, Bill, move on to something else. No, no, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to move on to something else. It keeps, it's lingering on my heart. I want it to linger on yours too. So I want to keep going. I want to go over this some more. Listen to this. We talked about how gratitude is saying, I see you. When we say thank you, it's saying, I see you. Ingratitude is saying, I don't see you. And when we don't say anything, that is, a, that is the reflection is ingratitude. We don't say anything and it looks like ingratitude. I don't see you. It's why we've got to look at, we've got to look at the gifts we get in our life and say, I got to say, I see the sacrifice. I see what you're doing. I see the care. I see the love. Thank you. I see you. That's a, it's been really important for me personally because in this last year, ever since the fire, I have had tons of people that have, have, have reached out to me. I've had tons of people that have, that especially right after it happened, that texted Jackie and I. They said, we're with you and we're praying for you. And some even participated in a GoFundMe that my sister-in-law put together. And, and I look at those, that, that mound of people and I'm just going, I want to make sure they all, they all hear it from me that I see you. 
But it's been difficult even 10 months later to get through that, to be able to say, thank you for that text on December 31st. You don't know how much that means to me. I want to be able to say that to everybody. Can I at least say it to you guys? So many of you came and helped hold Jackie and I up and our family up. And I want to say, I see you and thank you. But what we've been talking about is, is God pours out grace upon grace upon grace on us. God pours out great gifts. We talked about this word, chen, which is a, the Hebrew word for grace in the Old Testament. It is, it is a, gift, a gift of favor given with delight. And that God has given us gifts of favor given with delight. The greatest of those is Jesus in his life and death and resurrection. But God's given us those gifts every single day, the gift to breathe. He keeps pouring out his grace on us. And are we recognizing it? Are we seeing it? Are we saying thank you? Does God need our thank you? I don't think he needs it. But he knows that if we do it, we're saying I see you, which means I see your presence, which means I see your power. I see your purpose. It opens my eyes to you. And so that's the power of that gratitude. That's why whenever you see it in the Bible, you ever see the Bible, the God talking about gratitude and thanksgiving, it comes back to what he's poured out on us and do we see him. In 1 Chronicles 23, it says, And each morning and evening they stood before the Lord to sing songs of thanks and praise to him. Each morning and every, each evening because they continue to see the hand of God. They continue to see these gifts given with favor because God so delights in us. And so they're saying every morning and evening, they have so much to thank him for, no matter what their circumstances are. In, in Psalm 136, it says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. So many times we forget that his love endures forever. But when we thank him and we say, I see you, it reminds us. And your love, it's enduring forever in my life. It's in, in Psalm 95, it says, Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful no noise to him with songs. That's what we're doing every Sunday. This offering that this worship team gives us is an offering we all are giving to the Lord, saying, I'm going to sing a song of praise because that's what you've done for me. And even if my voice sounds horrible, which some of ours do, let's admit it. Mine is not the greatest. And I kind of have to, if someone's standing next to me and someone's not here, I'll sing this way a little bit because I don't want to bother this one. But it's singing songs of praise saying, God, I see you. I see what you're doing. Don't be anxious about anything in Philippians, but, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. He's given us, for those of us that struggle with prayer, He's saying, I know it's, it can be hard. Bring thanks. Because when you're bringing thanks, you're saying, I see you. And when I see you, I'm starting to see your presence, your power. And uh-oh, prayer's starting to feel a little bit more intimate. I'm starting to connect a little bit more in prayer. And start with thanksgiving and it'll help you connect in prayer. And that's what God, that's the grace of God. That's the gifts that God's given us. Every good and perfect gift, the brother of Jesus, James said this, every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord above. He keeps giving, giving gift after gift. What I told you guys is that what I was going to start doing in my life is I wanted to start really recognizing that. So I decided to start writing out 10, 10 things every day. 
Starting this journal, wrote 10 things every day for, of, of the, just the, the grace, the gifts that God has given me. You know, I started with, with thanks for Jackie. She's just the greatest wife ever. And thank you for my kids. And, you know, thank you for this church and this job. And thank you for Beth. I think I wrote thank you to for Beth like six times in six days because she holds this whole church together. And, and so, I, I, you know, I, th- I, I write those things out. But, you know, I started going, yeah, but what about the things I'm frustrated with? What if I wrote those down? And I did. I wrote, I wrote down, God, I'm, I'm frustrated with the mess in our house right now especially the dog hair, because we've got two dogs. I'm frustrated with that mess. But then I wrote, but I'm thankful for the people and the, and the animals that make that mess. And I'm going, now that's weird, because normally I just sit in that frustration. I, I, I wrote down, God, last night shopping was, was triggering and hard for me. I went with my daughter Maggie to, to buy Christmas lights and Christmas decorations. And obviously, you know that those are the things that melted in the fire. And so I write, I wrote, that was triggering for me to, to I didn't have extension cords and I didn't have the, that, that three prong thing that you stick to the extension cords so that you can blow a fuse easier. I don't, I didn't have that, that I normally would have. And I, and I started thinking to myself, I started feeling sorry for myself. And I wrote that down. God, that was, that was a rough night. But then I wrote, but man, I'm thankful that my daughters and my wife are not mailing in Christmas this year because it could be really easy to do that. I'm so thankful that, they, that we're still celebrating. And so we put Christmas lights up. November 10th, we put Christmas lights up. It's so beautiful. Our neighbors, I mean, because, you know, we're renting this house. We're new in this neighborhood. And so, we're, so we're, we're, our neighbors are looking at us like, weirdos, November 10. And I'm just proud. I'm like, yeah, November 10, we're going to celebrate Christmas for like a month and a half. So we put them all up. And, I'm, and it's, it's those, those, writing those 10 things out every day is changing perspective for me. I challenge you to do it and write the things you're frustrated about. And then write something you're thankful about within that. And you're going to see something. You're going to see God's grace upon grace keep being poured out. And you're starting to recognize him even more. At least that's what's happening with me. Now, now, I'm going through that, but we are recognizing that there are some giants in our life that can knock us right off of that path. Right, well, knock us right off on earth in this thing. Knock us right off, to a, off of, a, of an attitude of gratitude. There's, a, there's a giants that can knock us off of that. Last week, Maurice talked about one of them. He said, waiting and impatience. That's a giant that can knock you right off of your seat. And, I, and, I, and I'm back there in the back, and I'm listening. Me and Jane are sitting in the very back, and I'm sitting, because I like sitting in the back row, and, and, uh, and, and, and we're back there, and I'm listening to Maurice talk, and I'm getting more and more frustrated as he's talking. And I'm not getting frustrated at Mo, okay? I love when Mo preaches. I'm not getting frustrated at Mo. I'm getting frustrated with that giant, because I'm, I'm listening to him talking about waiting, and I'm going, he's not talking about waiting on, on a long line at the grocery store. That's just annoying, He's talking about the giant of waiting. He's talking about that when, you're, when, you, when you've taken those tests with the doctor and you know that you're not going to get the results for another week. And when you're sitting there waiting on that, has it gone into remission? What is, what is the problem? You know, when you're waiting on that, it, you can't think of anything else. You can't sit there and go, I'm going to write 10 things I'm thankful for. You can't because the giant knocks you down. It overwhelms you. I'm talking about those giants. And the more I was listening to them, the more I was frustrated at that one, and the more I was thinking about the other ones. I was thinking about the giant of anger 
That sometimes we have that, that anger that's welling up from somebody that's hurt you in some way. It's a family member, it's a friend, or somebody that's hurt you. And, you, and the anger is welling up in you, and you can feel that anger metastasizing into hatred. I'm talking about that kind of giant. I'm talking about a giant of disillusionment and disappointment. That, that eats away you from the inside. I'm, a friend of mine was talking about the disillusionment he has over the church right now. He just doesn't like the church. He doesn't like wh- wh- what the church has been doing. He's going, I don't like it. And, he, and, he's going, and, and we were talking about how you can feel your heart hardening because of that disillusionment. That's the kind of giant we're talking about. I'm talking about the giant of, of, uh, of, of addiction, And you're going, man, I will never get past this addiction. The giant of a sin in our life that will constantly keep coming. You're going, it will never go away. I'm talking about giants that that are the eclipse that stops the sun from shining and it just leaves you in the dark and leaves you fearful. A giant that knocks you you fully on your... You know what I want to say? We'll say keister. Um, That kind of giant... A giant that won't even let you feel the, the, the presence of God. That won't let you see that he's there and recognize his voice. Because he's screaming at you. Man, I'm talking about those giants. And those ones can knock you so off the rails of whatever we're trying to do. It's funny, when... when you're dealing with those giants, a lot of times what comes out in us is just a state of grumbling. And we tend to be grumblers. And you don't even grumble about that giant. You grumble about everything else because that's the the repercussion of that giant is that everything becomes annoying to you and frustrating to you and you grumble about it. You might say, well, I don't grumble. Ask your spouse. They're the ones that might go, "Eh, well, yeah, you kind of do a little bit. Ask your kids. They're the ones that probably see it more than anything. They're going, yeah. You grumble. But grumbling is a sign that the giants are winning. Brendan Manning says it this way. He says, he says uh, what does he say? I don't know. What does he say? Oh, there it is. The antithesis of giving thanks is grumbling. He says the grumblers live in a state of self-induced stress. Isn't that true? And that's a sign that the giants are winning. Well, here's what happened with me, Okay. I'm writing out my 10 things. I'm just, it's been a great couple of weeks, throwing it up against the wall. It's sticking, man. I'm just having a better attitude about so many things as God's reminded me of his presence because of the gifts he continues to pour out on us. I'm sitting in the second row, second chair. Polly, you're sitting right in my thinking and praying chair, okay, right there. I'm sitting right there and I'm writing these things out in my journal and it's, it's great. And then a giant comes and rests on my shoulders. I'm sitting there thinking, oh, it's great. And it's just, it's like you just felt it. It's either the giant jumped on my shoulders or he just put a massive boulder on. But the giant came in and sat down. The giant was this. I had this, this, this piece of paper peeking out of my, it's all wrinkled up and everything. It was peeking out of my computer bag. As I'm writing this stuff out, I look over and I see it and I pull it out and I know what it is. We had just talked about this the night before in our board meeting. It was our finances of our church for the last four months. Now, you guys, this isn't the giant. This is just a symptom of the giant of how I responded, okay? 
But as I'm looking at this piece of paper and I pulled that thing out and I know what we talked about, I'm going, dang it. The numbers in the last four months, just to be honest with you guys, have not been good. Um, we're, we're just like all other nonprofits at this point, it, it, nonprofits around the country, but especially here where a lot of the funds went towards the Marshall Fire. And so nonprofits are taking it on the chin and we're taking it on the chin right now after four months. And I'm looking at it, I'm going, yeah, the numbers don't lie. And, and, and you know, what happened was expenses are, are higher than you expected your expenses to be. It's very, you know, any of us that have an XL energy bill, we all know that. Expenses are higher than we expected them to be. Income, the way we approached our income this year as a church is we said, if, if all goes well, the money comes in and it offsets the money we, we spend and it's great. If it doesn't and we're at this other level but underneath it, it's going to cost us, but we have enough in reserves to cover that. But the worst case scenario is if we're down here and it's, it's, we'll still have enough in reserves at the end of the year, but we won't have anything left for next year which means we'd have to radically change the budget, which means a lot of things we'd have to cut. And so I'm, I'm looking at these numbers, and, it's, and it is, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to, to look at. But, but here's the giant. The giant isn't the numbers. The giant is the burden. See, for some of us, we take on burdens. And we let those giants jump on our shoulders. And, they, they were, and they've got us. The burden has us. And for me, I feel a burden. Some of you, you feel that burden over your kids. And you, feel, you let that giant just sit on their shoulders. And you feel your burden over your kids. Your burden over your finances. Your burden over your marriage. I feel a, a burden over this church. I love this church. And I... And, and I I don't know, maybe, maybe I feel the burden because Jim and Karen and Jackie and I, when we started this thing, we started it nine years ago, and maybe because you birthed it, you feel a real burden around it. I talked to Jim today, and he still feels that burden around the church. And so, you, so maybe it's some of that. I, I, I know that other people carry it. See, this is the giant. This is what the giant can do. I know our prayer team carries that burden with us, with me. I know our board carries it with me. I know that our, I know that our, our, um, our staff absolutely carries it with me. Jackie carries it with me. My family carries it with me. A lot of you carry it with me. I know that. But when the giant's winning, he's whispering in your ear, no, this is yours. It's on your shoulders and that's it. That's when the giant wins. And it's not, a, I'm not about, I'm not writing thank yous to God. The giant knocks you to your feet, knocks you to your butt. You're just going, what do we do with this? You know, I, I, I was sitting there going, God, don't let this thwart all that we're doing in this church. Don't let this thwart the, the unbelievable stuff we're doing at the Christmas shop. I don't want this to affect how, how far we can go with that Christmas shop this year. Don't let it affect what we're doing with, our, with the police department and the relationship we have with the police department, the relationship we have with the schools. Don't let it affect the, all, all the beautiful things we're able to do for BVSD in this place. I don't want to ever charge BVSD for anything in this place. I want this to be their home away from home. Don't let this affect that. Don't let this affect all the work that we're trying to do to help people draw closer to you, God. All the stuff we're doing in our kids' ministry and all the stuff we're doing with high school and middle schools, all the stuff we're doing with our vintage. Uh, don't let us, don't let this affect that. I, mean, there's, I so believe 
in what God is doing here. And so I'm, I'm pleading with God on that, sitting in that second row. And then my business major kicks in. My business major from University of Washington kicks in because now I'm a problem solver. And now I'm just going to solve the problem. I look at the stuff, and you guys, I mean, you should see the notes and the numbers. I love the numbers. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy, and so I'm, I'm writing out all the things. What can we do? What if every single person, all the givers that we have in our place, if each one of them gave, I don't know, 100 bucks more a month, you start adding that up, and you're going, that would do it. That would do it right there. And you start going, well, what if everyone just gave a ton at the end of the year? That would do it. That would or what if we just turn the heat off? That would do it. So I'm writing now all that stuff down. We'll be cold. We'll get blankets for everyone. Now that'll cost. We can't get blankets for everyone. But we'll turn the heat off. We'll be cold together. And we'll be able to do the things we're doing. I am in problem-solving mode. And God is like, he's just stopped me. He's going, Bill, what have I taught you? Started thinking about the 28 years of marriage. And how many times early on our first 10 years of marriage, I went to problem solve. Anytime Jackie was crying, I'm going to problem solve that. And Jackie's going, how about we just focus on our relationship here first before we solve the problem? God's going, hey, hey, solving the problem, that's not going to solve the giant. That, that's, uh, yes, okay, the burden, is, you still have a problem with holding this burden yourself. Yes, we need to solve the problem. And we will together solve the problem. And this isn't mine. This is all of ours. And we'll, ha we'll hold our hands up high together. And we'll solve this problem. I know we will together. Because you guys believe in this vision just like I do. We're going to solve that problem. It's the burden that I got to look at. God's going, how much have I taught you even in this last year? I got to tell you guys, this last year is the greatest year I've had personally in my faith in my, entire, in my life. I have, I have grown deeper and closer to the goodness of God in this year than ever before. Yes, the fire was the trigger that, that, that started that. But God has reminded me throughout this year of his goodness. God has, has shown me and has, has, has walked with me in it. And I, have, I walk with far more confidence than I have ever had that God walks with me. It has been a beautiful year. It's why I keep talking about the fire. I know some of you guys are going, geez, Bill, let it go. That was 10 months ago. One, just know there, anybody that's lost their home isn't letting it go right now. We got a lot so we got to do. But also know that the reason why I talk about it and I bring it up a lot, and even if you guys are getting tired of it, the reason why I bring it up is because it's been great for me and my faith. It's been something that keeps teaching me. And this part of our gratitude, I'm learning a ton just in this in gratitude in a time that I would think that in the past, this might have been my worst time because I don't want to th be thankful for anything. And instead, I'm actually really enjoying writing out Thanksgiving because God's teaching me something in this. Now, the greatest thing that he's taught me over these 10 months is he's, he's helped me to lean into a, a, an old Hebrew word. I shared this with our founding team. And so you guys, you've heard this before, but that's okay. I want you to hear it again because I really want it to be it's stuck in your mind too. The word is a met. It's a beautiful Hebrew word. And in the noun form of that word is, is just God's truth. 
But when you, when you expand that out to it, it's, it, it's the verb form and what God is doing for us. You see, it's, it's, his, it's his steadfastness. It's his trustworthiness. It's his presence. It's his strength. That's the word met, and it's right there for us. I mean, I, it is beautiful. Think about this. When Moses in, in Exodus, Moses is standing before the, the armies fighting, and it's the Amalekites and it's the Israelites. And when Moses would hold his staff up, the Israelites would win. But when Moses held this staff that God gave him when he came down, the Israelites were losing. And so he knew he had to hold that up, but his arms would get shaky. And it was when his arms got shaky, God provided. He provided air and he provided earth. They'd come to both sides. They'd hold his arms up, shaky arms. That's the emet of God. When our arms are shaky, when we can't handle it, when, when, when school is, is, is kicking our butts, when the giants are kicking our butts, it's, it's, it's God holding our arms up with his strength and his trustworthiness. Some of you guys have experienced that in the heart of, of, of health issues or in the heart of, the, of, a, of a job issue. God's holding your arms up. That's the emet of God. It's, it's, a, it's even the word itself. It's a Hebrew word that's got three letters to it. You guys, this, this is it. The first letter is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The last letter is the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The middle letter is the very middle of the Hebrew alphabet. It's the beginning the end, and everything in the middle. That's God saying, that's the emet that I'm giving you. Everything from the very beginning to the very end and everything in the middle. I'm probably going to get that tattooed on my arm. It'll be my first tattoo I got in my life. It's going to be that, I think, because I want God to continue to help me to remember every time my arms get shaky that he's holding them up. And he's providing the people around to hold them up. You guys are the Aaron and the Ur. You guys are the ones going, man, I'm going to hold that up too. We're going to hold that up together. That's God's met. And when you combine those two Hebrew words, the hand of God, his grace that happens every single day for us, given with great favor because he delights in us, and you combine that with the met of God, his power and his presence that are right there with us, you put those together, that's what we have to fight the giants. Our gratitude says, I see that. I see that grace. And I see that power. And I see that presence. And those together, that's what we have. When you think about it in your life, I think about it in, in what I'm thinking about in the second seat of the second row. When you're thinking about it in your life, you're thinking about that addiction. And you know, I just keep giving in. I keep giving in. We have got the met of God, the grace that's poured out every day, and that presence and power, that steadfastness, that sturdiness that holds our, sh our shaky arms up, that says, you can take that next step, get to that counselor today. You can take that next step, get to that AA group today. You can do this next step because I'm holding your arms up. When you're in the midst of, of the pain of something that's happening in your family, the grace of God is being poured out today on you. Get to there. See his grace. Hold on to his amen and take a next step, even if it's this next Thursday. When you're in the, in the middle of a, the, the sin in your life that just keeps dogging you and knocking you down, it is 
the hen of God and it is the emet of God. You guys think about this. These are, these are words that are thousands of years old that have persevered through Babylonian captivity. These are words that rang true in the midst of people wandering through the wilderness trying to get to the promised land. These are words that were absolutely true for Jesus in his life. The emet of God, the hen of God coming together. That's what we have. It stood the test of time and it will stand up for you and me right now. This is where you go, you go to, you go to the, the, the passage um, that we all read at memorial services, Psalm 23, and we think it's a, it's a passage of death, a, a message of death, but it's not. It's life. Think of, listen to the hen, listen to the amet that's coming from this. The Lord is my shepherd. There's his amet. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. There's the hen of God. There's the grace of God today. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, remember that's where the giant was slain in the valley. Even though I walk through the darkest of valleys where it feels like that giant is blocking every bit of the light, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Sure, your goodness and love will follow me. Here's the emet all the days of my life. And I will dwell with you in the house of the Lord for, for, forever. I sat there in that second seat. I, I, I claimed the emet. The giant was weighing me down. I claimed the emet of God, which leads me to his promises. And you know what promise came up in that moment for me that I repeated over and over again? Jesus saying to his disciples, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I said it over and over and over again. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. If your burden is heavy, you're missing my amet. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. And that promise, because of his presence and that, that gift that he's given with delight, can help lift a giant of burden on your shoulders. I was listening to music. You guys, I've told you before that, that worship music is something that speaks to my soul and, and I love it. And I was, I was listening to music. I had my, my um, AirPods, AirPods on. I mean, I always forget that. I always call them AirBuds and my kids say, no, that's a dog that played basketball. Um, it's, I had my AirPods on. Are they AirPods? Are we, am I right with that? Yeah, okay, good. I had those on, and I'm, and I'm, uh, and I'm listening to these songs, and, and there's an there's a album that Bethel Music came out with called Peace, and I would recommend it for any of you. Listen to it in the mornings. It'll remind you of God's grace. But it's this album of, uh, that, that's Peace, and it's basically singing songs that we sing all the time up here, but it's slowing them way down, and it's, it's, it's just to a piano. It's beautiful. You gotta, you gotta go. Bethel Peace is the album, okay? But one of the songs was Peace, and it says this, Fiery Arrows Whistling. The terror of the night sets in. It's the giants. But I can feel your angels all around. <laughs> That's his grace. That's his amet. I'm resting underneath the shelter of your mighty wings. Your promises are where my hope is found. Our gratitude for God's grace leads us to recognizing his power and his presence, helps us to see purpose 
and equips us to face the giants that we face. And you guys, if you don't believe me, if you're going, okay, that's just your experience, go back 2,000 years. Go back 2,000 years when the greatest giant that's ever been in this world was faced. The giant of the sin of the world. The sin of the world. Jesus faced the giant of every sin that's ever been and ever will be. Everything that separates us from God. He faced that giant. And just three days before he was going to go to the cross and get the, the, his, the, his physical body beaten down to death and everything else beaten down to death, three days before he goes with his disciples into this room and he's looking at someone that's going to betray him, someone that's going to deny him, someone that's going to doubt him, a bunch of them that are fearful. In the midst of all of that chaos that's leading to the worst giant you could possibly picture. And what does Jesus do? Jesus takes bread. He said, the Bible tells us, says, he took bread and did what? Here's, here's a, for all you Catholics out there, you know, because we say it every week. He took bread and he, he gave thanks. He took bread and he gave thanks. Thanks for what I'm about to do and the giant that I'm about to face and these guys that don't believe in me. Thanks. What is he doing? In that moment, he's saying, God, I see you. I see you. And I know that your Amet is with me. And your Amet will be with me tomorrow when I'm arrested. And your Amet will be with these guys that I'm nervous about because I don't know where they're going in their faith. I know it. And so the first thing he did was he said, thank you. I see you. And I know you walk with me. The worship team can come on up right now because I'm just, I'm just about done. I'm just, you guys, I want you to sit in the second row, second seat. You find yours. Where is that at? Where at home? Slow down. Grab a journal. You might not even own a journal. You might think, no, nah, I'm not a journaler. Ah, who cares? Grab a journal. Write out a couple of things that you're seeing God at, at work. You're seeing him. See his amen. Recognize his grace. And face the giants then. He gives us the power to stand up from that. We get to look at, at what Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 41 where he says, says do not fear for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I'm not making this stuff up. We've seen this over thousands of years. God has been faithful, and he will be faithful, and he will hold up shaky arms. He'll use you. You might be that Aaron or Ur that's going to stand on either side and hold up somebody else's arms. I can't tell you how thankful I am for our prayer team of this church that you can join at any time that says we're going to hold up people's arms. 
He holds up our arms and he says, this burden is not yours. My burden is easy. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm holding this for you. Father, I pray that, that when we face these giants that are significant, that the giants that are laughing at us, that are mocking us, that are, that are blocking every bit of the sun, I pray that you would help us to see your goodness, help us to see your grace upon grace every single day that's breathing into us. And then from that recognition, help us to lean on the strength that you give us. You're a met. Help us to lean on that. God, we are so thankful for who you are and that you do not leave us nor forsake us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have one more song, and we're going to do it a little bit different than we normally do. We're going to sing one song, and I'm actually going to walk us through that song a little bit with some thoughts that you guys can, can think about as, we're, as, as Jen and the team is leading us. This is the time we're going to take communion. So take out your cups. And in fact, what I want you to do right now before we start the song is will you rip that top off of there so that we can get the, the crinkle. Um, you can just get that part out of the way. And so here's what we want to do. We're going to sing this last song. And anytime you're ready, anytime you're ready, you go ahead and put that, take that wafer and then drink that juice. And, and, and today I really do want you to remember that Jesus, this is his greatest gift that he's given to us, his body broken and his blood shed for us. It's the greatest single gift. And he is present. And with his grace and with his presence, that giant that you might be facing right now, he's cowering because he knows this is stronger than that. So let any time you're ready, go ahead and go ahead and take that communion while we're while we sing over you. <laughs>